Today is Dry July, week number three, and uh, we kind of stole that title, Dry July, and there's lots of people in the world that would go, oh, Dry July means that they're giving up alcohol, and I stole it because I went, you know what, if you want to give up alcohol for a month, that is a great, great stand. If you want to give up a, a habit that perhaps is taking something away from you, that is also a fantastic, a fantastic thing to do. But I want to say to you this morning, it's not just about giving stuff up, it's about what you're full of. It's about figuring out what appetite is driving you to be, to be filling, filling yourself with things of the world in the first place. And so, and so last, last, not last, not last week, the week before, we talked about the woman at the well. And we simply said the woman at the well, if you remember the story in John chapter 4, the woman at the well goes into this situation and she's wanting to get a drink and Jesus meets her at the well and he says, you know, can you give me a drink? And they had this little dialogue and it doesn't take long in the dialogue for us to realise that Jesus isn't talking about water anymore. Jesus, Jesus is talking about the traditions and the habits that she set up in her life, the things that she does so that she can fill herself. And he says, I don't think this is really satisfying you anymore. And how do I know you're not being satisfied by that? Because you've now had five different husbands. There's a need and a longing in your life for acceptance. And you have tried to fill it with tradition. You've tried to fill it with men. You've tried to fill it with marriages. And I'm trying to give you something so much more important than what you have. I want to say to you this morning, church, in the same as we said a couple of weeks ago, if you don't understand your appetites, you will never have victory over your habits. Appetites will always dictate your habits. The second week, Jamie spoke last week. He did a masterful job and he talked about and he unpacked how he'd seen great healings. He'd seen signs and wonders. He'd been a recipient of healing. He'd seen blessing on people's life. And yet through all of that, he reached a point where he just felt dry. He just reached a point where he felt dry. And he, and he talked about what do we do when we feel dry? What do you do when you're feeling dry? And he just simply said, you know what? There was three different things that he noticed seemed to have a great impact on him. Number one was praise. He continued to praise even when he felt dry. Number two was prayer, pressing into prayer even when you feel dry. And number three... Number, Number three, three would be great if I could remember it off the top of my mind, wouldn't it? Praise. Praise. Prayer. Prayer. I'm going to have to look up my notes. Who took, Who took notes, notes last week? Put your hand up if you took notes last week. What was the third one? I know what the third one was now. I've just checked my notes. Persevere. Persist. Praise. Pray. And persist. Persevere. Just keep going. Just, just keep, keep going. going. I, I can tell there's a little bit of an echo. I hope it's not like that for the guys online. We are doing our best to try and remedy this. And if it is, please forgive us. We are trying to get this right. Just keep, just keep going. going. Sometimes, Sometimes when you're dry, you're you just got to keep going. going. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, let us not grow weary. Let us. Turn to somebody and say, let us. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Don't grow weary, don't give up, don't quit, don't back down, just keep going. Sometimes all you've got to do is just keep going. Sometimes all you've got to do is realise that dryness is simply a season. And if you just keep going, you're going to come out of the dryness and you're going to go into a brand new season. Everyone say dryness is seasonal. 
you will, you will go, go through. through. It's, it's not a question of whether you will, you will. Oh, maybe I'm not going to. You will. You will 100% go through seasons in your life, in your ministry, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your business, in your families, in whatever area and sphere you want to operate. You will 100% go through seasons where you're feeling dry. In fact, in fact, we're going to look at a mighty man this morning called Moses, and I'm going to unpack him a little bit. We're going to share about him. If you want, I'm going to start with this story. And by the way, the title for today, just to really, 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 just to rub people, it's going to be so cool. I love this title. Not everybody does. I understand that. If you're one of those who doesn't, that's fine. But I loved it because the title for today, are you ready? Is everyone ready? The title for this morning in dry July, week number three is Stay Moist. Stay moist. See, I believe staying moist and being full of life is something incredibly powerful. And if we get our heads around this, it is going to help you for so much more than just today. If you can get your head around this, you are going to minister out of the overflow and the abundance of your heart. I'm going to read to you this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 7. And Deuteronomy 34, verse 7 simply says this, Moses was now 120 years old. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. I love this saying, ready? Nor his natural vigor diminished. His eyes were not dim. He's 120 years old. His eyes aren't dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. And that word, when you pull it out, when you unpack it a little bit in the Hebrew, it literally means that there was moisture in the man. It's such a cool word. It paints a picture of Moses being full of a divine life and a divine presence. There was moisture in the man. Dreams were still in the man. In fact, if you want to dig a little bit deeper, it means he could still reproduce. Here was moisture in the man. I love this saying because I believe that so many Christians go through their life as dry, decrepit. They reach the end and they're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just hanging on to hope. I'm waiting to go home to glory. Hallelujah. It's like, no, Moses reached 120 years of age. His eyes were not dim and there was moisture in the man. He still had dreams and vision and the ability to reproduce. He still had the spirit of God inside him and he was still able to accomplish things and he didn't just die. God took him. Everyone say God took him. It was so cool. They never found his body. They searched for it. They never found it. Why? Because God took him. When Jesus met with Elijah on the hill when he was transfigured, who did he meet? Elijah and Moses came and spoke to him because God took him. God took Elijah. God took Moses. There was still moisture in this man. There were still dreams in this man. He still believed that he could conquer things and still had vision and passion for life. And I am so sick and tired of seeing people dried out, weary, broken down, hanging on, just holding on, wait until God comes back. And I want to say to you, no, church, we ought to have moisture in us. We ought to have dreams in us. We ought to have vision and passion and life coming out of us. And we don't minister out of a lack, but we minister out of a cup that overflows. We minister out of an overflow of abundance in Jesus' name. And everyone said, yeah, all right. Whew. I'm going to calm down a little bit. We're going to unpack this. Wasn't always the case for Moses, though, was it? You know, just in case you're wondering, no, Moses had seasons. He had times of incredible dryness. In fact, the first time that we see in the scriptures where Moses went through a dry time, we're not talking about when he killed the Egyptian. We're going to maybe talk about another time, but we're talking about when he went out of Egypt and brought the Israelites into the wilderness, and he was walking along in the wilderness with the Israelites, and they came in Exodus chapter 17. 
And in Exodus chapter 17, I'm going to read through the scriptures for you. Exodus 17, 4, it says, So Moses cried out, saying, What shall we do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. Why? Because there was no water where they were. It was a dry time. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take you with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand the rod with which you struck the river and go. And behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. And you shall strike the rock and water shall come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Moses strikes the rock and water flows out of it. The gushing river flows out. And all the people, all the animals, all the livestock can drink and be refreshed from that wonderful water that flowed from the rock. That was the first time we see Moses dry. Can I give you another time we see Moses dry? Going through a dry season. Is that cool? Because I think everyone's going to go through, you know, like, it's like, oh, we go to church and we have this wonderful time and the anointing and the ministry, it's so wonderful. And, and so we're never going to go through a dry time. You will. Just turn to somebody and say, you're going to go through a dry time. And turn to somebody on the other side of you right now and say, you ready? Stay moist. <laughs> I've been wanting to do that for weeks. I am so excited to say, stay moist. Church, you're going to go through dry times. You're going to go through seasons that are difficult, trying, testing, arduous, afflicting you, trying horrible times. You're going to go through them, but I'm going to say in the midst of all that, you can stay moist. All right, here we go. I'm going to give you the second time. It's found in Numbers chapter 20, and we're going to unpack. This is going to be the main thrust of our text today. Numbers chapter 20, if you're not familiar with it, it's where they come after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. The 12 spies have gone out, they've come back, they've brought a negative report and God has said, this whole generation is going to pass and not enter the promised land because of your unbelief. And they've been wandering around for nearly 40 years and they come to this point in Numbers chapter 20. And it starts, the title of this chapter says, The Death of Miriam. Numbers chapter 20, verse 1, Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. I want you to just take that note. She died and was buried. Now there was no water for the congregation, so they gathered together against Moses and Aaron, and the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought us up to the assembly of the Lord, into this wilderness, that we and our animals should die here? And why, do you, why have you made us come here out of Egypt to bring us up to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. I think it's worth noting here that when people are attacking you and complaining and criticizing you, the best place you can go is back to the presence of God. Verse 7, And the Lord said to Moses, spoke to Moses saying, take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and it will give drink to the congregation and to their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as commanded him. So much going on in this story, isn't there? 
First of all, Moses' sister has died. A friend, a family member, someone close to him. Can I just say, it's really easy to feel dry in life when you're grieving. It's really easy to feel dry in life when you're hurting. It's easy to feel dry when you're hurting either emotionally or physically. I want you to understand today that dryness is seasonal, but sometimes these seasons have a reason. Sometimes there's a reason for the season. Sometimes you're going through a dry place because you're just emotionally hurting. And if that's you today, hang on, we've got hope coming. Sometimes we're going through a season of physical pain. And if you've been in physical pain, if you have hips or knees or backache, sometimes you can feel incredibly dry. Sometimes in that season, you start to wonder where God is. There's no ministering out of the overflow. There's just coping with the constant pain, isn't there? And so sometimes you can feel like there's no hope and there's no future and there's no moisture within you to give to anybody else. There's no life within you. There's no dreams within you. And so you begin to dry up and you begin to shrivel up. And if that's you today, just hang on a little bit longer. There's hope in this message. Secondly, sometimes we just go through seasons where it's just dry, it's just barren. There was literally, they'd come to a point where there was no sustenance, there was no moisture, there was no water in the land. They'd reached a point where their sustenance had gone. And sometimes in life, it feels like that. Sometimes your bank account just dries up, doesn't it? You, you, you know, what, what was the old thing? Yeah, when I was a young man, I used to you know, count the seven days and then you'd try and budget out your money for the days. And, and, and then, you know, but now I find there's a far more week than there is wage. You, you know, you kind of finish and there's like you finish the end of your wage and you still have another few days to go. And I know people that live like that. If that's you, by the way, we go and run a budgeting course later on. You'd be great to tune into that. But, but I want to say to you, sometimes... Sometimes it's a dry season financially. Sometimes it's dry just simply because it's dry. Stay tuned. There's hope for that. Sometimes you're dry just because you're hanging around people who are complaining and criticizing. Moses, I believe, is in this dry time. His sister's passed away. They're in a place where there is no water. And the people are complaining and criticizing and whinging and whining and constantly telling him he should have brought him to a different place. Why did you bring us here? Why are we doing this? Well, has anyone ever met those people? It doesn't matter. You know, I always have that joke that says that they have a cloud for every silver lining. That they just complain about everything. And so sometimes when you're hanging around, if you've got one of those people in your life, try, and, try not to give them too much space because they suck the moisture out of you, don't they? They literally suck you dry. That's literally the wording and the colloquial understanding that we have in our congregation is they can suck you dry, can't they? You're hanging around people who are always negative and always toxic and always complaining and always criticizing and you just feel like you're not getting anywhere with them. Is that anyone else got people like that in their life? Yeah, try not to look at each other when you say that. It's awkward. <laughs> you know, another reason people feel dry is just simply because of delayed promises. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. 40, 40 years. years. Can you imagine, can you imagine Moses? Moses? Can, can you put, you put yourself, yourself in his shoes, shoes for, for a minute? minute. His, his sister, sister just, just passed, away. passed away. Man, Man that's got to hurt. He's, he's in, a in a place where there's, where there's no, no water. water. That's a that's tough, a tough place, place to be in. Place to be in. 
He's already, he's already doing, doing it tough emotionally. emotionally. He's doing it tough, doing it tough in, his in his own self. And then he's, then he's surrounded by a bunch of people who just complain and criticize. And even, and even in his own, own life, this, this isn't, isn't a short journey. This has been going on for nearly 40 years. Can I say I get the feeling that at this point, Moses has a reason to be dry. He has a reason to go, man, I've just about had enough. Anyone else get that moment? How do we know that Moses is dry? It's found in Numbers chapter 20 and 21. It says, And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. <laughs> Hear now, you rebels. Must we, everyone say we, must we bring water out of this rock? You know how you know you're dry? Can I, can I say? He's just started calling the entire congregation a bunch of rebels. He's just started using put downs. He's fed up with this congregation. All of a sudden, <coughs> excuse me, all of a sudden, when you're dry, your grace goes. Your grace for the people you're supposed to be ministering to and loving disappears and dissipates, doesn't it? Anyone ever felt like that? You start ministry really well. You start marriage really well. You start family really well. You've got all these great plans of how it's going to look. It's absolutely fantastic. But when you go through seasons of dryness, who finds himself getting a little short with the people they love? Who finds himself getting a little bit sick and tired of dealing with the same situation over and over? When you get dry, your grace goes. If your grace has gone today, because sometimes, you know what I love? I love it when people don't even notice. They're like, oh, I'm just in the presence of God, but I'm short and sharp and cranky with everybody around me. Then can I tell you, you're dry. If you're short, sharp and short and cranky with everybody around you, if your grace has gone, I'm telling you, it's a great situation to stop and look and go, wait, I could be dry. Stay moist. <laughs> All right. You know how else you know when you're dry? You feel like you're the only one doing anything. Must we come and bring the water out for you? We are the only ones making a difference. You remember when Elijah was running away from Jezebel and he goes and he finds himself under the tree and he cries out to God, just kill me, God, I've had enough of it. I and I alone am left who worship you. And it's like, man, dude, get a reality check. There's 7,000 who haven't bowed their knee to Baal. But when you're dry, you feel like you're the only one putting in. I'm the only one doing this. I'm the only member of the service team. I'm the only member of the worship team. I'm the only one doing it. That's a really good sign that you are running on empty. Your grace goes. You start to look inwards and feel like you're the only one. You, you develop that. You, know, you, you develop that hardest worker syndrome. You know that one? I have it at home all the time, you know. I'm the only one who mops and cooks and cleans. It's just so hard. That's, that's just a joke. <laughs> Can we read on a little bit before I get myself in more trouble, please? Numbers 20.11 says, Then Moses lifted his hand and he struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly in the congregation. Their animals drank. Moses struck the rock twice with his rod. Moses struck the rock twice with his rod. What was Moses told to do? 
speak to the rock. I've just got to get this this morning. Moses was told to speak to the rock. When Moses took the problem to God, God gave him a solution. He said, I want you to go and speak to the rock and the water will come out. And Moses went out and struck the rock, not once, but twice. Can I do it like this? I like this. This is the analogy, the illustration I got. When, when, I kind of get this. Really, I want you to try and listen, so I've got to put this really close to my microphone. Are you ready? Listen to this. Can you hear that? I'm going to do it again because it's so cool. I like this because I'm going to say to you this morning, when you're dry, it's really easy to snap. Snap at those around you. Snap at your loved ones. Snap at your friends. When you're dry, do you know what people who are dry do? They double down on religious endeavors. He didn't just hit it once, he hit it twice. This is, this is tradition. This is what I always do. When I'm dry, when I'm thirsty, I'm going to go to the rock. I hit it with my stick. Didn't work. I'm going to hit it again. And when we get dry and we get thirsty and our grace goes and we feel like we're the only one left, you know what we do? We double down on religious traditions. I'm trying to say to you this morning, God needs us to move beyond the past and stop trying to get moisture from wells that don't work like we saw in John chapter 4. God's trying to stop us to get moisture from drinking and smoking and any other habit that we have implemented in our life to bring us, as Karen said, peace that doesn't come from Christ. It's just doubling down on stuff that doesn't work. And so often we see people doubling down on things that don't work. Moses is dry and he snaps. Actually, Callum, would you come up here really quickly? Come on up, Callum. Give a hand to Callum. Just because I want to show you that I'm not the Mr. Muscle Man super strong, Callum, would you please, would you please show everybody how this works? Ready? Go that it's really inflexible isn't it it doesn't bend it breaks see when you're dry and there's no moisture in you you become rigid and inflexible you don't bend you break but this morning much of my wife's love she generously donated this to our illustrations can you please try that one that take a little bit more effort it's a little bit thinner though isn't it it seems a little bit tougher, doesn't it? Why? Because when you're... Don't break it because it will ruin my entire illustration. But thank you so much for trying. Give Callum a hand. Because <laughs> when you're dry, you break. But when you're moist, you bend. There's, there's flexibility, isn't there? Ooh. The circumstances and the situation still come, but when you're dry, they just break you. You snap. But when you're moist, and I know this is moist because I just cut it off from the tree this morning, so it's still pretty good. I'll stick it on when I get home, Alyssa won't know. Are you getting that this morning? Can you just take a minute and, and go, because I want to move beyond just hearing a sermon and go, oh, that's so cool. Can we just look in our lives for a second? Has there been a time in your life when you are dry and you can now recognize, oh, I was dry, and how do I know I was dry? Because when the pressure came, I didn't bend, I snapped. When the testing time came, I didn't bend, I snapped. 
I lashed out. I doubled down on religion and tradition because I was dry. My grace for people had gone because I was, I was dry. My love for my partner, for my family, for my wife was gone because I was dry. If you can't see yourself in that area, you kind of miss it. And I'm sure many of you, like I can, I'm great at doing this. I don't know whether you're as good as I am, but I'm brilliant at it. I'm really good at spotting dryness in others. Like, I'm a legend at it. I can look at people when they're snapping and cranky with me, and you know, especially my family, and go, oh, sweetie, I know I've left my shoes there for a week, but you're a bit cranky because I think you're dry. Anyone else ever experienced? How good are we at not being able to see dryness in ourselves? We don't see the warning signs in our own life creeping up. We don't notice that our grace has gone. We don't notice that we're not hearing from God as clearly or we're certainly not being obedient to the voice of God in our life because we're dry. We become more rigid and inflexible because we're... Thank you. I was wondering how many times I'm going to have to do this. It's going to get real awkward for me for a minute. I thought you were just cooling down. Not maybe... Moses is dry, grieving, worn out, weary. You might be emotionally dry. You might be physically dry. You might be spiritually dry. Can I suggest you're a triune being and when one area, when you're physically in pain, it's really hard to be spiritually and emotionally up. When you're emotionally in pain, it's really hard to be physically and spiritually up. When you're spiritually in pain and, and grieving, it's really hard to be physically and emotionally up. You're a tripart being, and they're all interconnected. And so often we don't recognize when we're getting dry. And I need you to first recognize there's seasons and times when we can be dry. Because if you can recognize when you're dry, then the next thing you can find the solution. And so I want to give you, can we move now? Are we good we, in the short time that I've got left, can we just move to, okay, we recognize there's seasons and times when we're dry, we recognize that I'm snapping, we recognize our grace is gone, we recognize we double down on religious effort, we recognize we become more inflexible and we become more rigid and, and dogmatic with our belief system and we double down on that and we try and jam it down everyone's throat. Can we recognize that? Is that good? We got that? So now I'm going to give you three ways that we can actually stay moist. I love that. Three ways you can stay moist. Are you ready for it? Are you taking notes this morning? Number one way that you can stay moist, and I need you to get this, the first way you can stay moist, I was given this beautiful little plant, bonsai tree here, by Alyssa and Dave shortly after my niece passed away. And I was down. And they gave me this beautiful little gift, and I, I just left it on my desk because I thought it looked fantastic. And then a couple of weeks ago, I looked down at this little beautiful bonsai tree, and I noticed it was looking sparse and and the many leaves it used to have had dropped quite a few. They'd become withered and worn out. And, and can I say, they'd become dry. And the, the life of the tree was beginning to dry out and it was beginning to die. And I remembered back to something my mum used to do on 10 acres when she had her bush garden and everything else. And she would look across sometimes and she would see the plants that were withered and worn out and dried up and dying. And she would simply just pick the plant up and she would put it in a big pot of water. You know, when you're feeling dry sometimes, all you need to do 
is to stop and soak. Just spend time in his presence. And in our fast-paced society, in our world where everything's driven by a timeline and hurry up, you've got 2.34 seconds left, Phil. You need to get this message moving, otherwise we're not going to get on. And because of all the things that we got, we tend to rush, 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 and we never get to sit and soak. And maybe you're sitting and soaking, might be at the seaside where you're just watching the waves washing in and you're just standing there and loving God and being in his presence and becoming aware of his presence. Maybe you're sitting and soaking is in the bush where you just stand and you sit and you just let the gum leaves there and the smells. and the, Maybe it's in the night, maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's in the dawn, maybe it's in the dusk, maybe it's in the presence of the church. I don't know where it is, but I do know you need to find where you feel refreshed. You need to find, you need to make the time, even if it's not for you, can I suggest you make the time for the benefit of those who you're ministering to? If you're feeling snappy and your grace is gone, this is no longer about you. It's about those that you're hurting in your life. Find the time to sit and to soak, to just sit and soak. Is that good? I want you to think about it. I want you to take a minute and think, yep, I can recognise the times now that I'm dry because Pastor Phil's pointed out I become rigid, my grace goes, etc., etc. And what do I do to fix it? I sit and soak spend time in his presence. Can I give you number two this morning? Number two, John 15 says, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. This was going really well this morning because it was connected. And if I left this for the next few days and weeks, it would become dry, just like this one. And you know the truth is, this is just me personally now, when we're feeling a bit dry, the last thing we want to do is connect more. It's counterintuitive, isn't it? When I'm feeling dry, I want to pull back from people. When I'm feeling dry, I don't want to be spending time with people, but I need you to get this because Jesus said you are his body. You are his body. And we're all good at going, I just want to connect with Christ. Wonderful. But you can't connect with Christ unless you're connected to his body. The nonsensical argument that I can be a Christian alone on a hill, just me and him is rubbish. Because there's no ministry of the body when you do that. You must be connected to a body. It's why, can I say it really carefully and nicely, it's why sitting and watching from home is great, but it doesn't bring connection. It will never bring the moisture that you truly desire to be able to minister out of the overflow. I love people who are watching at home. I love the fact that we can have something available for those who are sick, for those who are struggling, for those who need time to repair and recover and refresh. But listen, this is not church. Watching online is not church. This is church when you gather together as a body and you come to encourage one another. And when I'm feeling a little bit dry, the thing I want to do is pull back instead of press in. The thing I want to do is disconnect and I want to say to you when you're feeling dry, that's the time you've got to press in and connect to people. Find somebody to encourage. Open yourself up to let what you've got flow into them and we'll let what God's got flow into you. Are you good this morning? Can I give you the third one? I'm nearly done. I promise I'm nearly done. We're really good. Are you ready for the third one? Number one, was what was number one? 
Sit and soak. Number two was what? Stay connected. Oh boy, there's three people that were paying attention. I'm, number three. I was going to say number four just to see who missed out. But number three. It's my favorite one. What did God tell Moses to do? frustration speak to him Peter says cast all your cares upon Christ for he cares for you and when we feel dry it's really easy to lash out it's really easy to get angry and perturbed and find someone or something to blame instead of taking our hurts and our pains saying God I'm hurting I want to give you this hurt this care this concern. God, I'm feeling so dry. I'm feeling so weary. I'm feeling so worn out. I just want to come and sit and soak. I want to be connected. And I want to speak to you. I'm going to ask while the worship team come, I'm actually going to have an altar call this morning. For those who may feel weary, for those who feel worn out, for those who feel dry, for those who feel spiritually thirsty, for those who feel like they're filling themselves with everything else that doesn't satisfy, and I'm telling you today, So when the band comes, and I'm going to move the pulpit. If that's you this morning and you go, God, I just want to touch you. I just want to press into you. I want to experience you. Can I ask you to get up from where you are? and Come and stand on the front. I used to call the front of the church the altar. So I'm just going to say, just come and present yourself at the altar. Just come and stand at the front. Lift your hands. Say, Father God, I'm weary. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you enjoyed the service. We are praying for you and we will see you next week.